0: Welcome back to the Diversity in Tech Leaders podcast with me Jess here at Coltech. Today we have the amazing Eric Kelly who is Chairman of CEO Portfolio of Tech Companies. I will let you introduce yourself Eric because I'm sure you will do a far better job than I can and far more than I do about all the companies that you're a part of.
1: Well I'll do my best Jessica great seeing you again and I'm Eric Kelly I'm the Chairman a uh, for technology company Overland Tanberg which has been around for 41 years believe it or not it was we
0: don't believe it
1: yeah <laughs> public in 1997 and in November 2018 uh, we were able to take it private also the chairman and ceo of Overland Global Tech OT Global Technologies which is a systems integrator and reseller business and then I'm the chairman and ceo of OT Global Protection which is a technology healthcare business. And then my passion project, as I shared with you, is Bridge to Technology, which is really designed a SaaS platform designed to bridge the digital and diversity divide. So to connect you know, diverse companies, diverse talent with corporations around the world. So that's what I'm doing and i don't have any spare time and oh. <laughs> i, and I, and I promised I, my team i would not add a fifth company in 2021 so they're worried about 2022
0: now <laughs> oh wow yeah that means it'll be there'll be double the amount in 2023 What's, we're in 2022 now yeah but no amazing and obviously i couldn't think of a more perfect guest to have on you know you've just i mean got sort of two years into the journey for starting at bridge Two one of the businesses we're focusing on speaking about today. So I guess you've given us an overview of what you're doing at the moment. Could you give us a little bit of insight to where your passion about diversity and inclusion came from?
1: My passion project turned into a passion company is you know Bridge to Technologies, and I had to share with you, Jessica. It was a journey in my entire career. So this was something that you know during my career, understanding diversity and inclusion and more importantly, a global intellect and inclusiveness. And what's happened you know, during my career, and I, I'll tell you a couple of stories, but when I started my career here in Silicon Valley, I had the opportunity to build an international business plan. And so signed off by my CEO, I flew over to Scotland. It was the worst plan ever, Jessica. We had no idea here in San Jose what it meant to do business in Europe. And that really started me that journey in terms of global intellect and inclusiveness. So I spent two weeks rewriting the plan, you know, my CEO was going, Eric, this is not what we signed off on. I said, yeah, but we had no idea what we were doing. So from there, you know, I spent a lot of time in Europe. I spent a lot of time throughout Asia. And what I found out, you know, doing business in Japan is totally different than doing business in the UK or Germany or Italy. And I started saying, we really have to have some global intellect and inclusiveness. And as a diverse executive, a diverse board member, I started really connecting the dots between global intellect and inclusiveness and diversity inclusion and so the premise of the company is if we understand how to do business globally then you know you know how to you understand diversity inclusion and it's going to make you a better company you know are going to have a better culture and it's already been proven that diverse companies you know from the board level on down have a much better profitability much better culture and the employees are much happier and so what we do with this platform is not just bridging Companies together, but bridging talent and also bridging the communities. And so when you think about bridge to technologies, you think about bridge to communities, you think about bridge to diversity, it all has the same thing. And so that's my passion project. I could talk to you all day about that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, our 15-minute last on Tuesday lasted about an hour, but I absolutely enjoyed the conversation. I'm glad everybody else can listen to it now. So in terms of your journey, sort of personally to get where you are now, I know you've given a little bit of an insight there, but where did your journey start into the tech industry?
1: Started my career, you know, 30 plus years ago, believe it or not. I know I don't look that old. Um I started, at all. <laughs> I started off as a baby you no, know, and started with IBM. And I gotta tell you, that was probably the best way to enter the technology industry. Because back then, they spent, you know, hundreds of thousand of dollars training hires. You know, not just on technology, but they even had a program they went through and the end of it, we call it the finishing school. They told us what tie to buy, what wingtip shoes, you know, the blue suit. They even taught you how to present and carry yourself. And you don't do that today. But one of the things that that journey taught me was, how do you actually fit into a corporation but still be yourself and you know everyone talks about bring your whole self to to work and that's important i yeah you know, share with you you know just don't bring the saturday night party self yeah. to work. <laughs> um, but what you really mean is to be authentic because if they want to have diversity you don't want to leave your diversity at the door because now you just totally defeated the purpose really making sure that you know that the cultures understand and work with each other And when I talk about global intellect and inclusiveness, it's bi-directional. So it's not just having a diverse talent and employees learn how to fit into corporations, but actually have corporations understand the cultures because it has to go both ways. When you figure that out, I mean, I use the example, I remember years ago, you'll laugh at this, we're traveling throughout Asia and I was with my team and we're meeting with the clients. And one of the folks says, wow, this is interesting. They're foreigners. I said, no, we're the foreigners. We're in their <laughs> country. <laughs> it's just that mindset is, you know, you have to understand how they do business there. And I mean, just in Japan, how they hand out the business cards is different. Even where they sit around the table is based on hierarchy. Here in the States, we just come and take any chair. You know, so we started insulting them right at the beginning and because we don't understand how the cultures work. But, you know, to answer your question, my journey really started there and I had the opportunity To do a lot of work internationally, really, it was just kind of a passion of mine in terms of how do I do business in Singapore? Where they said, "Well, Eric, you know, make sure you don't insult them. You have to go karaoke singing." Well, I can't sing, but I had to go.
0: I'm sure you can.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you know, just those type of things. And you know, one thing that I realized, you know, growing up, I was a golfer, and I actually was a you know snow skier. You know, it's almost like you know what you see is not actually what you think. And so when I get on the golf course, they're like, you play golf? I said, yeah, and I said, I'm fairly good. i played in college as well. You ski? And so they first think, you know, black guy does, he he plays golf, he skis, you know? I said, yeah, and I can play basketball too. But but so, so it really started me thinking about really bridging everyone together, bringing not just the common part of who we are, but also showing how authentic we can be and how important that is. So it's like, I might have one of my partners when he came from, from England and it was fascinating. We'd go visit customers at IBM and he ate his hamburger with a knife and a fork. And oh my people were gosh. like, yes, he was like, he was the, the Brit. And so we're like, we pick up the hamburger ourselves. What, what's going on? <laughs> so
0: I must uh, be American in that way then because I, I'm all in there with my hands, no knife <laughs> and fork to be seen. <laughs>
1: It's probably generational, so but but just those things are really so important to understand the difference in the cultures. And when you do that, I mean, you've traveled all around the world. It's fascinating, and you really start you know learning. Like when you go to Italy and you know, or throughout Europe, a lot of places they don't start eating dinner until like eight o'clock at night. I mean, we're like, what? Yeah, you know, you don't start at six, and so just those things are so important. So my team, now that, you know, we touch touch about 100 different countries today. If you come to our office, global intellect and inclusiveness is on the wall. And I know it's working, you know, now that my team starts using it against me. You know, we'll be we talking to my team in Germany and they'll go, no, Eric, is Global Intellect. This is how we do it here in Germany, or my team, you know, in in Hong Kong. No, it's Global Intellect. I'm like, okay, I created monsters. But you know, one of the things that, that that happened when the pandemic came, you know, Global Intellect and inclusiveness is kind of our mantra. And I told the team, either this is just a great saying, or it actually is going to work. So we're going to put it to the test. I was like, I keep my fingers crossed that actually, you know, Global Intellect they finally figured it out. Well, we have a you know a huge manufacturing facility in China. That's where first showing up. So we had a health officer, we had distance in terms of where you know people had to be, packaging would come in, we'd set it aside for you know 24 hours. And we really put a process in place. And we took that global intellect and then replicated it throughout Europe and then replicated it throughout the US. That was amazing to watch how yeah leveraging everyone's talent on something that we've never seen before a, a pandemic that's just sweeping the world. That we were able to work that way through Goldwyn's. So I said, guys, we got it. This is how it works. This is kind of give you a little bit about you know, my journey of 30 plus years in five minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know that's amazing. And obviously, you've had a vast range of experience. And like you said, I think your mindset of creating a diverse and inclusive workforce has. Is- Clearly passed on to the people that you're sharing the business with and hiring and bringing on. But in terms of challenges that you know you potentially face working with outside sources, or in particular in the hiring process that other people have found, what challenges for other people have you come across that they they struggle where they struggle to hire diversely?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'll show you some of the personal challenges, and I'll tell you because you know, as you know, I you know advanced my career being an executive a black male, and being the only one, very difficult, okay? Because one, people didn't know how to interact with you. They didn't know how, you know, you really fit into the environment. And I'll share some examples, which is really interesting. And I always look at it as a opportunity to just kind of point out the, what I call, unconscious biases. And because people do things and don't even know, wow, I did that. Running a public company, you know, traveling around the world and, the first thing is they don't think I'm the CEO, yeah,
0: right?
1: Because my last name is Kelly. So first they think I'm Irish. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so just those unconscious biases as they go around the table, shaking my my leadership's team to finally find out, oh, you're the CEO or going to a country club. They think that you're the caddy, okay? Or, you know, traveling throughout the airport. So you remember when 9-11 hit and yeah. they, they had this screening? I'm traveling with my team, and after a week, one of the uh, one of my, my direct reports said, Eric, there is nothing, and now I get it. It wasn't random, you know, where they pull you, every screening, I was pulled aside. Yeah. Okay, and so it's a great learning opportunity. And then also just understanding how you actually are very similar, okay, and using everybody's differences actually makes the company better. You know, I always look at it as, you know, being the first to kind of take the leadership of diversity and inclusion. So I was the chairman of the board, public company, chairman of the day. So I would start off the conversation. We need to have diverse board members. And you can see them all go, oh, I'm glad you brought it up. Because <laughs> <laughs> they weren't sure how to bring it up. Yeah. And, um, and so I think just being very open and very uh, receptive in terms of, you know, people are uncomfortable on both sides. and i think what people think well i'm uncomfortable and they're not but no everybody's uncomfortable so it's like the icebreaker and whether it's you know diverse candidates women candidates you know just really making sure that happens the other thing that i really focus on are the unconscious biases where you know you've heard the old boys club or you know these things and so i want to make sure that they're not crossing the boundaries and they're challenging the diverse candidates or the women a bit more than you know their their non-diverse colleagues. And yeah. so just pointing that out said, so why were you doing that? OK, why were you going around that executive? And they're like, Wow, I didn't think of I was I didn't think about it. So I look at it as a great education. And that's why the bridge of technology platform is so important, because it's not just connecting companies and people, but it's also providing mentorship and also sponsors. And I think we we're talking about the difference between a mentor and a sponsor. It also provides what I call soft skill gaps. Uh, give you an example, I was at a pretty large technology company that had a hundred presidents in the room. And I happened to, to, to be invited because I'm the chairman of one of the universities. And they said, here's what we want you to teach your students. You know, what they call you know, persuasive skills, you know, agility, adaptability. And then all of the studies, you know, for diverse candidates are, how do they, you know, operate in corporate environment? How do they operate in a conference room? What's the tone, okay, that they should have? Okay, how do they cooperate with the, uh, collaborate with their, their peers? And then how do they socialize in, you know, the country club or off-site events? And so those are the soft skill gaps that they need to have versus the non-diverse. And so really understanding, you know, when you join a company as a woman, okay, the soft skill gaps that you really want to close close in on are different than a male, Okay. And so it just kind of goes. And so you say, okay, now I get it. And, you know, I do internships every summer and I have all diverse candidates. And even the pandemic we did this past summer, I said, everybody, you can work from home because COVID. They're like, no, we want to come to the office. We've never been in an office before. We've been, you know, we worked at restaurants, we worked retail, but never been in a conference room and always ended with taking them to a country club. And they're like, oh my God, what do I wear? You know, you know <laughs> what, what's, what's, what's the protocol? And so just letting them know that you've already done all the hard work. You've gone to the school, you've studied, and now the soft school gaps are just something that you need to pick up. And that's a socioeconomic issue. Nothing, nothing more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the fact that you're incorporating that into Bridge2 Technologies is such a, a great and important thing, not only to connect everybody, but provide educational and, you know, mental resources for people to learn more and understand a little bit why it's so important and, you know, how people can get involved and help as well. So, I mean, I guess a good next question would be around why it's important to create diverse workforces in your experience and sort of your opinion as well.
1: Well, having a diverse workforce is the only way to succeed. I mean, I don't care if you're a small business or, you know, a national global business, everything you do is global. I mean, if you're buying product, it's coming from someplace around the world. If you have customers, you know, they're going to have a global thought in terms of how they grow their business. So, I mean, I, I use the example. I don't know how to do business in Japan as well as my country manager in Japan. I don't know how to do business as well as my country manager in Germany. So, it just makes sense to me you yeah. <laughs> use the expertise to be successful. And, I mean, just the nuances and, you know, the customer satisfaction When they have a local, okay, either the local language, the local culture, you know, we have a person in Italy. You know, when I go there, I mean, we're having a great time. I would not know that we're gonna have a two hour, two and a half hour lunch, and that's how they do it, okay? And so it's just really being respectful for the different cultures to not think that it's my way or no way. I mean, good example, you know, when you have executive meetings in Taiwan, they give you a nice gift, porcelain gift, you know, just out of respect. And if you don't know that, you're going to go over there empty-handed. I'll
0: note that down, just in case.
1: that down. And, you know, and then if you think about the U.S., because it's so broad, doing business on the East Coast is totally different than doing business, you know, in the Midwest and Texas versus doing business in, you know, Northern California. I mean, I ran the enterprise business for Dell. In Austin, Texas, and we'd have customers come in, and we had a restaurant where if they had a tie in like this, they would cut it off <laughs> because oh you know, we don't, they don't wear ties in, yeah. in in Austin. Well, if I go to New York and I didn't have a tie on, I was underdressed. Yeah, and you can imagine Silicon Valley. I mean, you know, we're just free, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, it could be yeah you know, whatever you want, and so. I have engineers here in the valley that, you know, one day they come in and their hair is red. The next day it's green. You know, it's just, you know, that's just the way the culture is. And so you think about that on a global basis. That's the only way to be successful. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can't you can't do it without a diverse board. And when I say diverse, I want to be clear. It's not just black, brown, white. It's also, you know, gender. And it's also age. Yeah, because. You know, like the development of the of the platform. You know, it was twenty year olds, 30, 40, 50, 60, and they also were geographically dispersed. And I'd go and say, you know, as the old guy, you know, how about this feature? And they go, they do that in Instagram. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> or what about this feature? And they go, no, no, they've been doing that for years. And then you know, the folks in in in, in Europe are saying, well, but we really like it this way. And yeah. so the, the platform is truly global, which is. Unbelievable in terms of what it looks like, and I can literally look at the drop downs and tell what age group it was. Okay.
0: Belay.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. Like one of the drop downs says, you know, they want to vent. Well, in my area, you're not gonna have a drop down. So I just want to vent, <laughs> right? Or um, you know, you just have the different drop downs that you know, you can tell, you know, you know age, geography, you know where it's coming from. So. But that's how that's how you do it. But, but the, the thing is, you can't really bridge the diversity the divide without technology. Because if you think about, you know, for decades and decades, technology is really the, the accelerator. So think about we're on LinkedIn. Just think if that didn't exist. How would we connect? Okay. Or if Facebook didn't exist or Instagram or any of the things that are the connectivity tools or Slack, you just go down the list. But there wasn't a platform designed to connect you and I. Because you yeah. are women and I'm a diverse candidate, you're a diverse candidate, but there's nothing there for us. Yeah. Right? Got to Until look then. that little
0: <laughs> a little bit harder.
1: A little bit harder. and yeah, you know, United will build your peer circles, you're able to have, you know, networking from chats. Technology has to be, you know, the foundation for what we're doing.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we can um, and that you've shown up with your tie, and all, looking smart for us. So, I mean, obviously, you've touched on it quite a little bit there in terms of the plans for Bridge2 Technologies. And obviously, it's got immense potential what you're you're doing and to make a difference to people's lives. How do you think it will make a difference to minorities within the industry?
1: Oh, I mean, it's going to be, you know, a game changer. Um, I mean, I'm already seeing it happen, and the good thing about technology, it's kind of a, a, a vessel. And then really, you know, the people that are using it really, you know, shape what the technology is going to be used for. It's just really a platform that allows them to really, you know, be there, be themselves. So some of the things I thought they'd be interested in, not so interested. The things that I didn't think, it's like that's the best thing since I've ever seen. But what it really is doing is allowing them to connect whether you're just getting out of college, you're moving, because a lot of the younger generation move a lot. I mean, and give you a good example, you know, people move into Silicon Valley, the things that they're asking each other, I'm coming into Silicon Valley, where do I get my hair done?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that'll be me when I move to Austin.
1: (laughs) Well, see, for Austin, but but think about diverse candidates in Silicon Valley, where, you know, there's no one that did that, or, you know, where are the restaurants that you know i like authentic food you know so whatever you know culture you're in, where do i go okay and then you start building that community because what we found out is that diverse candidates they the the time that they stay at a tech com- technology company is almost 40 percent less than if you're non-diverse because what happens they come they feel like you know venus versus mars and they go back home yeah. because they weren't able to build that network and so that's one of the things that I didn't know was that important because for me unfortunately I don't have to worry about where I get my hair done, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what you mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mine's pretty easy. So, but but you know so it really is so important to build that community and what I'm finding out is they're now using to for mentors to connect with mentors and sponsors. They're they're connecting with each other inside of the corporations. So it's really evolving and you know, we're just excited about how the platform is being adopted and by the way we have people from all over the world that's in there I mean and I get emails all the time saying can I join the platform because everybody can't join right so yeah. it's pretty selective right now in terms of who we're letting in and um, one of the things I put in there you know which everybody here is you know, so you can tell the old guy they said I was censoring so if I put a bad word in there it says please do not use bad language <laughs> didn't want people to really get carried away. Uh, so, um, but I think, you know, maybe it's just my life journey and technology and watching what it does to transform, you know, just people's lives. I mean, I mean, one of the things that's happened out of this is with the pandemic, you know, we've had groups have now donated hundreds of thousands of masks, technologies to homeless shelters and communities. I mean, that's, that I didn't really, you know, think about. So we went from bridge to, technologies to someone says, why don't we call it Bridge to Communities? So bridging the communities together. So we're now rolling out technology to, uh, to community centers and homeless shelters all throughout the US. And I'm telling my team, we need to do the same thing globally. And so, so I'm just waiting to see you know, what it has in store for us over the next number of years, because this is just the first generation of the platform. And one of the things that happened, just to share with you, is when we launched this Global Intellect Summit, we took 50 diverse leaders to ring the NASDAQ bell. And it was the first time that I ever seen, you know, 50 black leaders ring the NASDAQ bell. And so now we're expanding it to a much broader diverse group. So we're going to go back this year for Juneteenth. And so it's like we we're talking about how do you find diverse candidates if you don't have diverse leaders? Because they don't know where to find, you know, we're talking about HBCUs yes. and they go, what's an HBCU? And the HBCUs say, "Well, they should know who we are." And he says, "No, they don't know who you are." And so just connecting those worlds together, or the you know the professional organizations, you know, whether it's Latino, whether it's black, whether it's women, they have amazing organizations, and they're saying they can't find candidates. Well, they don't know where to look. Yeah. And so that's really what this is going to allow them to do is to look in one place and to find you, to find me, to find everyone else, and they're going to be amazed at the talent that they discover.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've shared my thoughts with you how important a platform like this is. Like you said, I've never ever come across it. And me, myself, when I am recruiting, obviously, I mentioned this to you the other day, I'm having to look in a lot more different places to find diverse talent. And that's not to say at all that I would not contact some like a, a white male on, you know, page one of LinkedIn, because... Yep. They've, they've got the skill set, absolutely not. But I think for us, it's really important for us as a company who preaches about diversity and I'm doing podcasts like this to be able to present more than one demographic to our clients. I think that's so important. So whether that's, you know, going to Slack channels, women in tech, women who could, or this Austin Urban Technology Movement as well that concentrate on helping Black and Hispanic people get into the tech industry and sort of up the skills and everything so it's finding these places but it takes a lot more work than just you know just a quick search on LinkedIn quite a lot of people do I think having it all in one place and like I said I actually had a look up at all the uh places you told me to Google yesterday. Obviously, really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's amazing what you're doing. So we'll move on to our next question. In terms of the hiring process, I imagine you've done a fair share over the time. Um, have. How, have, <laughs> how have you managed to navigate the hiring process and keep diversity in mind for you?
1: Well, I think one is kind of what we talked about before is to make sure when we're trying to source a position is they go to a much broader network. To find folks if you're looking at entry level well don't just go to the university you graduated from go to hbcus you know there's 300,000 students 50,000 graduating a year and you know various talent there uh, if you're looking for senior leadership go to the different professional organizations the women organizations the, you know the Latino organizations the black organizations the veterans organizations and really pull make sure you've covered all that so I want to make sure before you start serving candidates up, where did you look? Well, that's really one of the things. And probably one of the, the most interesting things that I found is I don't have to say it because I'm sitting there as a CEO. They feel it's okay to bring diverse candidates. Isn't that isn't that interesting? I think they, if I wasn't, you know, a diverse CEO, they may go, well, I don't know, you know, how many diverse candidates we can have. So I think just having a diverse team again allows people to say, okay, this is what the makeup of the company should look like. And feel comfortable doing it If you can't see it you can't be it okay and so if they see a diverse team they see that you're really embracing culture and diverse cultures then they're comfortable bringing in diverse talent not rocket scientists but (laughs) you you have to get that And, and that's why interesting if you look at you know companies you know from generation to generation it's hard to break that cycle Yeah. because who do you know well i know you know the folks that i know at the country club I know the folks, you know, live in the neighborhood. And you know, you don't live in that neighborhood. Technology is the only way to find us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100 percent I agree with that. And go on, sorry, I think you're
1: gonna say But one of the things I always make sure, because we're international, and I remember when I started my career, there was a big push to have expats. If you're here in the US, you know, you want to be an expat in Singapore, you wanna be an expat in Japan. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, if I went to do and drive business in London. Why would I send someone there and you're there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 first of all, you know, it, it insults the team that's there going, well, what are we, chopped liver? Okay, we can't we can't do this. And two, they don't understand the, the culture. Now, if you want to send them there to kind of learn how to be a global executive, that's fine. But typically the expat goes there and they're the one that's in charge. And so it just sends the wrong message. It doesn't actually scale the business. It actually impedes it. And so I literally look at that, you know, I could send my team around globally, but I'm going to build my team in that country. And I just think that's one we've hopefully evolved from. And uh, I think that's how you grow, you grow the talent and bring in the talent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, to be honest, that leads quite nicely onto the next question around leadership and your approach to leadership and your management skills sort of style if you will because obviously you've said there it's really important to maintain the culture within whatever country your businesses are based in or even if it's globally as it is for you to maintain that culture within even if it's as opposed to, you know, sending somebody over there to have a learning experience as opposed to, you know, taking over everything. So how would you describe your leadership style and sort of advice to give to somebody who's looking to get into yeah. a like you?
1: Yeah, my leadership, and I always say you have to have a framework. And that framework really drives your decisions and your processes. And mine is global intellect and inclusiveness. Yeah. And so if you think about every time you make a decision, one, did you have a global thought, global intellect, and did you include your people around the world? Okay, and that's your peers, you know, that's, you know, whoever is, is in that country. So think about this. If I want to expand into a market, global intellect, okay, and inclusiveness, and that strategy and that in the day-to-day operations. If I want to come out with a new product, it's global intellect. How does that product resonate around the world and are they included in the decision-making process? And so when you have a framework, And you think about the decisions that you make every day. That's really the leadership. And it's really interesting because I'll be in a meeting. I says, did you include the team around the world? Well, no. Okay, well, they're going to have a view. Okay. And are they included in the process as we develop the product or launch the product? And I can tell you how you launch something in one region is totally different how you launch it in in another region. And so the other thing about leadership is I, I build a team that they're okay with failing because you have to give them the space to be able to, to fail. And I always say, you know, if I don't have you in learning how to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations, then I'm not pushing you, yes. right? You can imagine, you know, some people are like, if I don't know it, I'm not going to try. And, you know, you got to say, well, then how are you ever going to learn? And so that's really, you know, kind of a couple of the things that I you know, I always advise people. I do a lot of mentorship for CEOs and also, from a culture standpoint be yourself i mentor a lady who's running an amazing business here in the valley she is be yourself because you're amazing and you know that's that that's where how the company's going to continue to grow i coach other diverse candidates and they always feel intimidated they go well, i'm the only one so clearly if all four of them disagree i'm wrong no you're the ceo you you're running marketing you're running you know, engineering, we're, that's where we need to have that. You know, I always say if everybody agrees, we don't need everybody in the room, right?
0: Yeah, so yeah.
1: <laughs> and then and then the final one that my leadership team finally has learned, I would say check your ego and your title at the door.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah.
1: believe in the hierarchy. Well, I'm the boss, and so therefore I'm smarter. No.
0: no. <laughs> <Okay>. Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> so check that ego and the title at the door. We're going to make great decisions. And it's amazing where those great ideas come from. Yeah. Uh, like my executive assistant is in my staff meetings. Okay. And she has some amazing ideas. And they go, Well, how do you know that? You know, and so uh, you, you check, I said, check that title, check yes. the ego, okay. And um you'll, may- you'll be amazed at how many ideas have. I mean, I've I've had some of my employees with me, you know, for 15, 20 years. And the ones that have known me, it's amazing to see how they how we interact versus the new ones. Yeah. And so and I, and I, they know this is, don't let me make mistakes. Have you ever been in a meeting where an executive is, is presenting and talking about where they're going and everybody in the room is going, that makes no sense at all?
0: <laughs> yeah, right? so not here, I, not here to shoot.
1: <laughs> and so I always tell them, guys, it's your job to not let me make these mistakes. And so we're in these meetings, you know. I have the whole group, and we're talking. And the folks that know me, they're just debating with me. And they're like, "Are they going to get fired?" I mean, they're debating with Eric, okay? And they go, "No, I've known him for 15 years." He says, "The worst thing he wants is let is to have him go make a mistake." And then he goes, he comes back and says, "Guys, you let me do it again." (laughs) It's really empowering them, and it's so much fun. You know, I have one of my employees, you know, who's been here. I don't know how long we've been hanging out, but it's had to be at least 15 years. And we have a race to get to the office. (laughs) <laughs> and um one day we're both getting in the elevator together and we're both running down the hall and they're like what are they doing <laughs> because we be who gets in first it's a team you just happen to play a, play a position but everybody on the team is just as important and uh so it's, it's it's uh it's a lot of fun you know when you actually have that type of culture so my leadership is really you know a framework yeah it's all inclusiveness it's global intellect you know, it's like, for example, you know, if you're coming to Austin, it's probably great to probably figure out how, you know, you got to get your cowboy boots. Yeah. <laughs> and Suntime you know,
0: lotion as well because we do right, we don't have that kind of weather over here.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. So, so it's just that global intellect, and you know, when you reach out that way, and for me, it's just been my passion, you know, forever. You know, maybe yeah. one thing I really like is food. So every place I go, I want to try the, you know, try the cuisine. Yeah, And um, it's uh, so that's that's uh, kind of the leadership piece, but, you know, and really mentoring people, really giving them a space to to grow. And what I found is interesting. I put people in different departments and, you know, we have a young lady here. she She started off in HR, found out she really likes operations. You know, we put someone who wants to do business development. You know, they try, they go, ooh, I really don't like customers. Can I go back to my to my old job? You know, and so you really give them a chance to do that. I've had that opportunity to really just go from, you know, different parts of an organization and say, you know, yeah, I kind of like that, but I really like this a little better. And that's really where you find you find your your where you really are good. There's a book out called Good to Great. And one of the things they talk about is getting people on the bus and on the right seat in the bus so you can yeah. find someone that is in the wrong seat and they're just a really you know struggling and you put them in a different seat and you go god that's a superstar what happened um, yeah. and so it's it's our job is to get them on the right seat
0: yeah absolutely and i think that's such a good mindset for a leader within a business especially as as big as your organizations and i think like you said, you've got staff that have been with you for 15, 20 years and it just shows the staff retention shows how much of a good leader you are. So, I mean, congratulations on that part of things. So, I mean, in terms of advice that you would give, I mean, obviously, I imagine regurgitating what you just said there. But in terms of advice that you would give to companies that are looking to hire more diversely or be more inclusive within their within their working ways, what advice would you give to them?
1: Yeah, I would say, one, really look in your organization and find out where the diversity is today and bring them to the table Yeah, and allow them to have a voice. They may not be in the C-suite. They may be you know, new hires. They may be around the world, but bring them to the table and get them comfortable with sharing with you what's working and what's not working and continue that because it's not a one meeting um, or one session because you're gonna learn how to operate globally, how to work with different cultures, and then really have a plan to bring in diversity at all levels, the board level, as well as the C-suite. Because there's a lot of board decisions, you know, where they can ask, you know, the right questions to actually drive a company to a more diverse uh, and global culture. Uh, Same with the C-suite. And what, what what, what really I found out is you you want to have more than just one diverse candidate and there's a a study out there that shows you that let's say if you have three women on your c-suite you're really going to have a much much more diverse conversation than one yeah right and i can share that from examples you know i you know because i have probably 50 percent women on my on my staff they now are speaking their voice (laughs) (laughs) They they got enough critical mass Okay, it's okay. I'm not the only one. And, you know, you know, we got, we got, I got some, I got some people backing me up. Um, yeah. And so that's really my advice: is find the culture in the company today, no matter where they are, and yeah. bring them to the table. And you are going to find out, they're going to learn a lot of things. I mean, I did this with a with a pretty large uh, corporation, and the CEO at the end of that was crying. It was a lady. Oh she
0: wow. Was, she goes.
1: I had no idea, yeah, yeah, that this yeah. was going on. I had no idea that that's how you were raised. I had no idea, you know, the struggle. I had no idea, okay? And so it's like I said, the global intellect is bidirectional, yeah. okay? And so that's really my advice. And if you do that, you're gonna have an amazing company,
0: yeah. Absolutely. And I couldn't think of a, I don't think anyone's actually said that when they've offered advice. So I think that's a really interesting point And it absolutely makes sense in, in order to create a more diverse workforce and inclusive, especially for the people that are already there and the people that are going to be on board in the future. I guess switching on from that then, what advice would you give to somebody from a minority background when looking to get into the tech industry or potentially progressing their career into a leadership position?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and that's really challenging, as you know, I mean, there's probably, I'll just use the, the, um, how many blacks are in technologies? It's, it's roughly 2%. Yeah. Okay. So if you look at, you know, Latino, not much better, and you can go down the list, but the advice I would give them is one, anything you do, do your homework and understand the culture, understand how to fit into that culture and still be yourself. So never leave who you are behind when you walk in the door because that's what they're looking to to see, that diversity. The second one is find a mentor and find a sponsor. And there's a big difference. The mentor is going to tell you all the things you need to do, what classes you need to take, you know, you know, how do you need to get prepared? That sponsor is so key. They're the ones that are going to say, Jessica, not only am I, your, am I a mentor, but I'm putting my brand next to your brand and you're going to get that promotion. You're going to get that raise. And so find people that are not only going to be your mentor, but they're going to be your sponsor. The other thing is, you need to have more than one mentor or more than one sponsor. Because I have had tons of mentors and tons of sponsors throughout my career because each of them bring different value. So that's really, you know, my my advice, because, you know, people don't do the homework. okay? either when you are coming to get that job and I always say, you know, be the person that you want to be for the next job. okay? so when you walk in and you say, I want that job, you need to start acting like that is the job that you can do. Yeah, And um, it's so important because when you sit around the table, you know, quite frankly, and they say, who's going to get the promotion? They're not going through your, you know, "What, what rating did you get? You know, it's the folks saying, there's something about Eric. It's something about Jessica that they can do that job. The reason why they say that, because you've already given the perception and you've already done the work as if you can do that job. And what most people do where they make the mistake they wait to get the job to show that I can do the job.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so every promotion I, I I received was, I said I'm going to show them I could do that job. So I watched the person do it. I said I'm going to do it like them, and they go, "Wow, you're doing that job, or you can do that job." So
0: yeah, that's, absolutely. That's no, that's, uh, that's great advice for everybody listening. And I mean, in terms of anybody who is listening, that is from a minority background or. To get into the tech industry, etc., I would be happy to send you the link to Eric's website to have a look on there. See if you can get included within Bridge Two Technologies. (laughs) If you if you're lucky enough.
1: (laughs) I'm looking, I'm hiring. So
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you heard it here first, guys. So get jump on board. So I guess we'll lead to our final question then. What are your plans for the future? Obviously, you've got a lot of exciting things coming up. What does it look like for you?
1: Yeah, my plan uh, for the future is one, you know, the companies that we're running, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having a race, which one is going to get to the billion dollar mark first. And uh, I want them all to be there. And I really want to make sure I'm building the next generation leaders. And so that's really, you know, what I'm trying to get done, you know, after 30 plus years in the industry, that's really, you know, what I want to make sure I leave as a legacy and I get back is. Yeah, you know, some very successful companies, but you know who are the leaders that really you know believe in global intellect and inclusiveness and um, and basically building the technology companies of the future when it looks like everybody else around the world. And so that's really what we're doing. So that's my journey. And as I told everybody, I'm not stepping down until I get it done. Yeah. Uh, so, so it may be another ten years, uh, but you know that's that's really what I'm doing. So when you think about, you know, just building the businesses and building the teams and the leadership is really what, you know, gets me up early in the morning and uh, keeps me up late at night.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're saying it would take, if it takes you 10 years, you'll do it. But I think even if you manage to do it from the sounds of uh our conversations that we've had don't even think you'll stop then (laughs) no i won't (laughs) (laughs) well yeah exactly so well it's been a pleasure having you on our podcast eric thank you very very much for your time and joining and sharing all the knowledge and advice that you've you've given today if you could leave our viewers with one final message what would that be
1: well my final message was something i've been saying all along is one you know global intellect and inclusiveness if you think about that as your framework when you're building your career you're building your business you're going to be extremely successful and just remember you know we have a lot more in common than we do in differences
0: absolutely perfect well uh what a way to close the podcast thank you very much again eric and i'm sure we'll be speaking very soon
1: Eric, talk to you soon thank you for the opportunity
0: thank you bye